the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Talking all things financial. Online checkout. I want to talk a little bit about what I'm currently reading as research. I should probably do this a little bit more often. Um, This is the nerdy side of me. This is the, I'm not talking Golden State Warriors basketball. I'm not talking easy. But the future of retail and online checkout is a big thing. How many times have you been on your phone, figured out you want this, this, and this, put it in your cart, and then your online checkout doesn't go the way you want it to? You realize that it can't get to you before next Christmas. You realize it can't get to you without costing $400. Something in the process gets sticky. Online checkout is inundated with payment options and data entry points, and it's not completely smooth yet. So let me give you an example. Um, There's too many fields. Name, password, billing address, shipping address, phone number. How many cards can you choose from? Visa, MasterCard, American Express, uh, Discover. How about the buy buttons? Do you remember the buy buttons? This was a big technology for... It's still out there. You can hit the buy button with American Express checkout or MasterCard, MasterPass by MasterCard. There's typically buy buttons associated with PayPal, Visa checkout. Then you get into even more decisions that you have to work with, like wallets, Apple Pay, Google Pay, Samsung Pay, City Pay. Then you get into the POS financing, and you don't know these companies. They're companies like Klarna, Splitit, Afterpay, Affirm. You probably know Affirm. So this is big business to business to lose business because you don't complete the whole process. And again, there's a lot of decisions. And how many times have you abandoned a cart? Number one reason, yeah, or let's go with the, 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 yeah, well, let's do the number one reason. The number one reason people abandon carts is shipping taxes and fees. They, they see their bill and they're like, oh, too much. Or they say, I'm going to give up because the site wanted me to create an account. Or it's too long and complicated of a checkout process. Don't you hate when you get to a site, you're getting ready to purchase it, and you're like, login? No, I don't know my login. So they're trying to redirect you at that point in time as a guest account or fast because they don't want to lose you. Another couple of reasons why people turn down purchases after they initially wanted them is delivery is too slow, return policy not satisfactory, there's not enough payment methods, which doesn't make any sense to me, or the credit card was declined. I get that one. So this is big business leaving business behind, right? Now, a couple things I can tell you is I'm a guy who likes ecosystems. 
And in this conversation, we're kind of having an ecosystem about e-commerce. I like the Apple ecosystem. I bought Star Wars one. I bought four, five, and six when I had kids. And I was like, do I want to buy it on Amazon? Well, I don't really use Amazon TV. And I, do I want to buy it on Apple, iTunes? And ultimately, I made my decision on I'm just sticking with iTunes because I'm going to stay with that ecology. Now, iTunes, I don't even think is iTunes anymore, right? It's like a movie store. But staying in one area is big business for Apple. They've made it easy for me. Plus, they do things like they upgrade the movie from, you know, high definition to 4K. Woo! Thank you. Uh, for free. Like, I didn't have to rebuy it. It's still there. I've watched that on planes on my devices. I've watched it in Hawaii on my devices. I've watched that movie in Washington, D.C. on my devices. So it, it travels well, and I like that. But another ecology or ecosystem, if you will, would be Amazon. I know their return policy. I've never read it, but I know that anytime something comes and I don't want it, I can send it back. I know that I've never been compromised credit card with them, or I don't know that, but I feel good enough about it. Plus, when I kept buying stuff, they were like, if you get an Amazon credit card, we'll give you 5% off everything you buy. I'm like, hell yeah. So they got me. And if I see a, a really beautiful fleece right now, I like black fleece hoodies, right? It's my thing. I've, there's like a hydro fleece, which I don't even know what hydro fleece means. It's just this magical, wonderful hydro fleece. Woo! I could search for it on Amazon if I get an ad from, like, say, Banana Republic. I could see if Amazon has it because I don't want to go through the Banana Republic checkout. So e-commerce conversion rates are low across the board, but they're particularly low on smartphones. Um, it's worthy, worthy of note. The big credit card networks are teaming up to roll out a series of solutions that could overhaul the way consumers pay online. Uh, major card network in U.S. volume, it's not even close. Discover, $140 billion. American Express, $770 billion. MasterCard, $1.5 trillion. Visa, $3.7 trillion. So there's new technology that everyone's trying, not everyone, there's new technology trying to standardize e-commerce checkouts across sites. So it's called Secure Remote Commerce. And did you, have you gone into a commerce recently, uh, like a, maybe a 7-Eleven or a, you know, maybe a fudge store? Because who doesn't love going into fudge stores? And you're like, I don't know, which one does it go? Chip up, chip down? I don't know. You do it, kind of thing. Like you start getting angry at each other. So we need that transaction to be very smooth, device agnostic, common across all retailers, payment method agnostic, and then it needs to be secured, tokenized. Um, trying to enable clicks to pay, which is notably the biggest issue here, trying to simplify the purchases by consolidating consumers' card payment options. It feels to me that Apple's doing a very nice job with Apple Pay. Secure remote commerce, though, SRC is a big term. And uh, you're going to see more and more. You're going to hear more and more about it. SRC-based offerings will need compelling incentives to drive initial adoption. For instance, Apple Pay offers steep discount at some retailers. If I walk into a CVS 
and I typically pay with a city double cash card, and I see a promotion that says Apple Pay 5% off or 6% off, I'm like, ooh, I'll do that. There's a company called Paytm, P-A-Y-T-M. They're trying to offer referral and sign-up bonuses. There's Alipay, tied towards Alibaba, offering giveaways to bring users to the platform. There's Google Pay, providing credit for referring a credit a friend. Eh, trying to build a platform. A lot of little strategies involved. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. You can always, always check out newfocusfinancial.com. There's a lot of new articles. One that I just recently edited about a checklist for what you should be doing at the start of the year. Check it out at newfocusfinancial.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. January added a much stronger than expected 225,000 jobs. A nice boost of warm weather. Oh, a nice boost from warm weather. <clears throat> I guess it could be a boost of warm weather or from warm weather. But average hourly earnings rose 3.1%. A little bit ahead of the estimates for 3%, but not much. Um, not, in, not inflationary enough to get people panicked. But we're noticing it. <clears throat> Wages are great for the worker. Wages not so great for the company. And I do a show that talks about companies. I'm not saying don't pay people. I'm just talking about it. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. The coronavirus update from the White House. There's saying we're not seeing anything hitting our economy from this. White House's economic advisor said today that the President Trump's administration does not expect the coronavirus in China will have major effects on the U.S. economy. The CDC did remove four people from the Royal Caribbean cruise for testing in New Jersey. There is still a cruise ship sitting outside of Japan. It's got thousands of people on it, quarantined. Fascinating stuff, if you ask me. Like, this is movie kind of stuff, right? Chinese social media censors. Um, I was a little sad yesterday. I was reading a little bit about the, the doctor who died, the ophthalmologist who sounded the alarm in December when he told a group of doctors on Chinese social media about seven cases that he saw. 34-year-old dude. That's young. He caught the fires after treating patients with the disease. Social media outpouring was immense and soon morphed into greater frustration with the establishment and its handling of the coronavirus. So I'm kind of interested to hear what's happening happening in China. Like, is it a cover-up? Do people are mad? Like, Pence is saying, hey, the Chinese government's being really transparent here. <clears throat> How can you tell if a congressman is lying? His lips are moving. It's a joke, right? <laughs> I know you're saying, did you just make that up on the spot? I did. I did. Thank you very much. Oh. <clears throat> Anyhow. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's enough for today. Um, job sore. That's good. One of the easier parts of my job is you can look back in history and see what worked. And you can study it. One of the very first things that you learn, maybe, I don't know if this is still true. I could be totally wrong. 
I was going to say one of the first things you learn is something like some of the wisdom. Sell in May and go away. The Santa Claus rally. You learn these kind of things. And the one that I was very young in, um, the Divinity Achievers. I used to get the Divinity Achievers sent to my house because I didn't want to wait for it at the office. And these were like books that showed you hundreds of companies and their financial performance and their financial statements and how they, and there was all tied towards dividends. A dividend is a company saying, I made, you made some money with me last year. Thanks for being with me. And we've decided we're going to give 3% of all of our profits or 10% of all of our profits or if something gets raked back into the investor. Dividends, they pay you. If you own shares of Apple, they have a dividend yield of about 1%. So if you own $100, you get $1 a year. I'm kind of using way too flip of an example there. But there's also something called the dividend aristocrats. And that's like, see, I like dividend achievers because they have a history of paying out a bigger dividend year over year. I like the dividend aristocrats because, like, they're the best of the dividend achievers. They've paid their dividends for at least 25 straight years. This week, seven new companies got added to the aristocrats. Johnson & Johnson, Coca-Cola, ExxonMobil. So now, officially, they've got 64 members. Um, There's some new, new names like Atmos Energy. Huh? Exactly. Realty Income, Ross Stores. Essex Properties, Amcor, Albemarle. These are all companies that I would strongly consider investing just because they're a dividend aristocrat. Some of the work has already been done for me. 25 years of, of paying dividends. Woo! Microsoft has been paying a dividend since 2003. It won't be available to be part of the aristocrats until 25 years. So 2028. But Ross stores. We're definitely going to Ross. Father's Day weekend's coming up. Daddy needs a new tie. Daddy needs a new tie. Mommy goes, we're definitely going to Ross. I'd buy Ross. I, I, don't, I don't have it. I don't really want it, but it's an okay name. I'm good with that. Atmos Energy, Coca-Cola. I, I could buy Coca-Cola. I don't think the company, unless we learn sugar's going to kill you. Wait, wait, sugar kills you? Well, no, no, okay. I, I'd buy Coca-Cola. I'm not excited by it, but if you were to say, 20-year-old Rob, do you want to own Coca-Cola for the next 60, 70, 80 years? I'd be like, sure. Um, if I'm 50 and I need to catch up for retirement, maybe I, I pass on it. Maybe the aristocrats are, are too stuffy and boring and too good at what they do so that everyone knows it and there's no surprise there. With that risk of surprise comes the risk of reward. So I taught you a little something. I like the aristocrats. Now, some of the new names on the list, like Albemarle, is a specialty chemical company. Amcor is a packaging for food and beverage company. Ross, discount apparel. Expedia's Internationals, they're a shipping and logistics company. Realty Income and Essex Property Trust are publicly traded REITs. I like both those names. There's nothing wrong with these numbers. There's nothing wrong with these companies. A little boring, but boring can be okay, too. 
depends on what you need in your portfolio. You can find me online at newfocusfinancial.com, robblackshow.com. I'm Rob Black. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. Your comments and questions are always welcome. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. I used to listen to a radio show when I was younger. I grew up with the radio, and I kind of like the sound of it. I kind of like the, the theater of it. Listening to a hockey game, it's, it's different than watching a hockey game, and it's just, I think it's magical. Um, so I, I do still love radio for a lot of reasons. One of the things I want to talk about briefly is there was a show that I used to listen to as probably like a teenage kid. There's two guys goofing off. One of them had a funny voice. One of them could do impressions. The other one was just kind of sarcastic as a whip or had wit like a whip. I don't know. You know what I'm trying to say. I'm tired. I've been up for 36 hours. I've got the flu. I'm demented. Um, but they did a skit where they, they, you know, every now and then you hear news stories, wacky news stories, and wacky DJs talk about the wacky news stories. There was like a kid who died on a roller coaster, Disney World, 30 years ago. I mean, that was, I was a young man when this happened. And they'd go, Disney is an evil company. The, the two guys would crack on him like, here, your daughter just died. Please take a, a free stuffed Mickey Mouse doll. So there was kind of this idea that, the world's happiest place on the planet has a dark leader or kind of a dark background to it. It's it's nice to demonize success, right? <laughs> In my opinion. But Rob Iger, Bob Iger, who heads Disney right now, and I own shares of Disney, and I think he's done a great job. Um, pulling off the Pixar films, pulling off the Marvel films, pulling off the Star Wars franchise, not as, not as smoothly. A lot of people hate how that, that ended. And there's been a leak of a different script for it ending. And it looks like it would have been a better movie. But I digress. So Disney CEO Bob Iger is in a little bit of hot water right now. Because the California Elementary School, the PTA, came up with this idea of showing Lion King as a fundraiser. And Disney's going to have none of that. So... They were fined $250 for showing it illegally. It's an elementary school that was trying to not pull a fast one, but they didn't secure the rights. And maybe kids saw it for the first time, and instead of paying Disney their fair share, the school got it. And you go, it's it's for a PTA, man. Um, and the PTA raised $800 on this, so you're not talking big bucks. One of the dads bought the movie at Best Buy, put it on a DVD, or took the DVD, and boom. So, how does that news get back to Disney? I don't know. But Disney made a mistake uh, by essentially finding the company. 250 bucks. Does Disney need $250? Now, again, I get it, protecting your intellectual property. I get that you have to have a standard. I get you have to have a rule. We've heard stories in the past about, I don't want to say orphanages because I'm totally making that one up, but like preschools that paint Disney characters, Mickey Mouse and Minnie Mouse and Donald Duck on the walls, in large part because 
kids, they, they go to school and they're a little freaked out. So they need to see something that comforts them and makes them happy. Something they you know from home. Disney is like, you have to take that down. And you can like, try to get around it by calling it Danny Duck instead of Donald Duck. I get it. I get it. I get it. The Federal Copyright Act requires schools to get proper licenses for public performances defined as any movie showing outside a person's home. Just buying or renting a movie does not give schools the right to screen the movie, regardless of whether teachers charge an admission fee or how old the movie is. I get it. But in a smart move, see, in a bad move, they just got a ton of negative publicity for 250 bucks, While they reap millions of dollars through a corporate loophole that has decimated public schools across California with Prop 13. Disney's a company that their property taxes are tied towards when the property was valued in the 1930s and 40s, 1950s. Like, woo, baby, I wish I had a house from that long ago. And corporations have business offices, right? So it probably wasn't the best move by Disney. With that said, um, Bob Iger has pledged to donate to a California elementary school after the school's parent-teacher association was fined 250 bucks. So I just basically bashed them for the better part. They got like seven minutes of negative press, followed by, oh, and by the way, Bob Iger's going to write a check to them. That's a lot of damage done. Burger King has got to be the king of promotions. Promotions are pretty funny. When they do like the Black Whopper for Halloween, it's got like a bun with squid ink in it, so it's black. I don't know. Guess what they're doing for Valentine's Day? Got a beef with your ex-girlfriend? Well, it could get you a free Whopper. Burger King's going to offer free Whoppers on Valentine's Day. With the catch, you have to be a heartbroken customer who brings in a printed photo of your ex to the restaurant's breakout boxes. So you're going to get a little box of food. I don't know. The idea that you can't show it to them on a phone, I get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get, you have to print out a picture. Can you imagine some of the pe- pictures people are going to be printing out? Burger King says the photos dropped off at restaurants as part of a promotion will be destroyed. That's already right there bugging me. Um, let's say me and my ex took, I don't know, racy photos or something, and she decides to print one out and drops it off at Burger King so she can get a Whopper. And then there's this racy photo of me printed out that is on the floor of Burger King somewhere, and someone has to pick it up and throw it in the disposal. Yeah, I don't like that. The food chain's also launched a five-question quiz on its Burger King app. If you answer the questions, you will be able to receive a $3 Whopper by answering four out of the five correctly. I, I'm cool with what Burger King's doing a good job of promotions. I mean, we're talking about it, right? And they have the Birds of Prey being released nationwide. For the record, my favorite show on YouTube, and this is a weird thing to say, is at Now We Feast. It's subtitled The Hot Ones. And it's this concept that this this show host came up with of you get 10 barbecue sauces, 10 hot sauces, and they start with, like, tapatia, and it gets all the way to, like, ghost peppers that, you know, have knocked people unconscious for five days. They got Margot Robbie, because she's doing promotion. More people, 20 million people will watch Margot Robbie on Now We Feast. It's already got 20 million. So she's promoting Birds of Prey. She goes into L.A. She goes into a studio. Her and this guy sit across each other. The production costs are 
10 wings and 10 hot sauces, lights and digital camera. But it's so well done because it's designed to take about 20, 30 minutes, and you go from wing to wing, and he comes up with another question between questions. And Margot Robbie's a, a pretty good-looking human being. Um, she's had this weird thing where she likes to tattoo her friends and family, of which she said she's given up on it because she said she's made too many mistakes, which is funny. But you get really good stories out of people when they're on a, a, a wing that is so spicy that the, their mouth is numb, their, their tongue is numb, they're, they're like dying. Um, I bring that up because Margot Robbie is promoting Birds of Prey, and the number of eyeballs that are going to see it on And Now We Feast, Hot Ones, Way higher than Jimmy Kimball. Way higher than Stephen Colbert. So what she has to hope is she can get on like Jimmy Kimmel's show and do a skit of, I don't know, maybe drive around town and go visit her ex-boyfriends and laugh at them for breaking up with Margot Robbie. She's fine, as my kids would say. Um... Why did I bring... Okay, so Birds of Prey, Burger King promotion. And, and that goes back to when I was a kid. Do you remember the Burger King promotions? Return of the Jedi. Come to Burger King and get your Return of the Jedi glass. I was such a pain in the butt to my mother. I had to have stuff. I didn't know control. And I wanted a glass. Like, come to Burger King and get the R2-D2 C-3PO glass this week. Come to Burger King and get the Wookiee. I'm like, Mom, I gotta have the Wookiee, Mom! But I took you last week to have R2-D2 and C-3PO, but Mom, I didn't know the Wookiee was coming out! That was a horrible... I had instant gratification needs. <laughs> I don't think I'm that great of a human being, but I digress. Anyway, want a free Whopper? That's all you gotta do is print out a picture of your girlfriend, ex-girlfriend, or boyfriend. It's just a weird one for me. Um, don't know if you agree, don't know if you disagree, but that's a weird one for me. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Um, Uber is on pace for its best day ever. They had a nice quarter. And that could be your buy signal. You may be a little bit early, but it should join other tech companies that are leaders. Now that they're starting to shake out some of their IPO. And by shake out, um, Travis Kalanick, the former CEO of Uber, who got into a lot of trouble for running like a male-dominant, testosterone-laden company. Um, so he got he was ousted, and he sold all of his shares, and now he's out. So it's good. It's getting better. It's like some of the insiders, my neighbor who has a $250,000 McLaren, like it's good. Like some of that spending, some of the selling's out of the stock. Anyway, I'm not going to push it. I own no shares of Uber yet. I'll think about it. We'll talk about it later. You can find me online at Rob Black Show or newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. We're making financial sense of your portfolio. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. So I've been hearing a lot of buzz about a Taylor Swift documentary. I know you're saying you're not going to go there, are you? I'm not sure if it's on Apple TV or Netflix or... Amazon, but I want to watch it. I know you're saying, Taylor Swift? You? I, I think she is a lesson in branding. Keep in mind, for every Taylor Swift out there, there's probably tens of thousands of singer-songwriters who mom and dad quit their jobs and 
focus solely on their their prodigal child. I kind of want to see what she, I want to see her brand in in her eyes. You make a lot of money by investing in brands. Then again, you can also lose a lot of money because, for instance, if the millennials decide that they don't like your brand, uh, they as a group are going to bring you down. So they're going to shame. They're going to be like, oh, my God, did you see Rob Black and Nikes? No one should listen to Rob Black Shark and Nikes. They'll have that throat thing going on. Like, yeah, Rob Black Nikes. Um, so there, there's shaming that goes on. One of the big shames that, uh, and again, think of Game of Thrones where they made Lena Headley walk through the town. Essentially, the Scarlet Letter A kind of scene or something like that, where they pelted her and yelled at her and spit on her. Shame! They had a guy behind her with a bell that would ring the shame bell. Shame! We're, the, the target that I love millennials right now are people going on vacations. I get it. I, I think this planet probably wasn't meant to have jets flying around it. And it was probably a big, big marble in the sky in the universe. And we've created ways to like undo it. And Millennial's right. I had a quandary with uh, Mark Cuban. I was, I was telling a Mark Cuban story the other day. And he said, you know, one of the best things I ever bought was a, a private plane. Because the, you know, the one thing I can't get in life is more time with my family. Can't buy that. Too high of a price. And I'm like, I'm thinking, like, if he had made his money as a millennial, would he have a private plane? Uh, the daughter of Disney, the daughter of Roy Disney, or one of the granddaughters, she's become a really great advocate. She's entertaining. She's a little kooky. Uh, she thinks the CEO of Disney makes way too much money. Now, he's also cre- if he's created billions and billions and billions of dollars of value for the shareholders, should he be entitled to millions and millions and millions of dollars? You get yourself into these quandaries, right? So I wonder if Mike Cuban, if he had been a millennial, would he buy a plane? Because my generation, Generation X, we kind of polluted until we, we didn't. We, we kind of were like, yeah, my car's got a big plume of black smoke that comes out of it. Can't afford a new one, so I'm going to just ride this puppy. Now there's a, a shaming issue, and you can directly tie it to Twitter pretty easily, right? Anyhow, shaming and shaming of a brand. So, yeah, I'm going to watch Taylor Swift at some point. So far in the United States, 2,000-plus people have died of the flu this flu season. There was a new one that hit that just had me scratching my head, to be quite honest with you. And it's actually tied towards Facebook. A mom, her son got the flu, and she goes on to an anti-vaxxers page on Facebook and she asked for advice and the doctor said here here's some is it Theraflu Tamiflu here's some Tamiflu go, go give it to your son he'll get better four-year-old boy in Colorado died of the flu this week and his mom is caught up in this controversy because she was asking anti-vaxxers on Facebook hey my son's I got a high fever is there any way I can deal with it other than Tamiflu we don't know if she ever vaccinated him we don't know the group told her that she was better off using vitamins, elderberries, and breast milk. Uh, vitamins, I, I think, are a sham. Most of them you pee right out. I would prefer you eat spinach. I'd prefer you eat the foods that are rich in vitamins you want than take a pill. I think it's a billion-dollar urine. 
Um, I know, I know. I don't even know what elderberries are. So, and I'm certainly not going to be drinking breast milk to cure a flu. Um, eh, maybe I'll change my mind on that. It's Friday. Uh, but more Americans have died of the flu this year. Way more. And it's silly. And again, to me, the controversy is tied towards Facebook there. And sometimes if you want an answer, you can find it, right? Just throwing it out there for you. Some HIV drugs are being touted in the war on the coronavirus. It's pretty interesting on how drugs get labeled. Now, in theory, a doctor can't prescribe you an HIV drug unless it's been approved for the, a virus or a cancer. Or, But a lot of cancers, doctors are using the drugs to say, well, we don't know if it does anything in kidney cancer, but we've seen some good results. But it's a lung cancer drug, doc. And he's like, yeah, it, it seems to work on both sides kind of thing. There's a lot of money to be made on some of the drugs that we have being repurposed into other industries. And it is kind of nice to see that seasonal flu is very different from the Chinese coronavirus. It is kind of nice to see the world kind of figure out, like, let's attack this thing and, and eradicate it. Should be an interesting weekend. It's been an interesting week. Thanks for being with me. I wildly appreciate everyone who came to the seminar last night. You have my pledge. I'll continue to work in as long as I can, as hard as I can, and helping get you to retirement. You can find out more about me by going to Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black.